Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Something happened this weekend I thought was pretty cool. Uh, before we dive into uh, the 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 joke, the uh, the uh, lip service that Joe Biden uh, paid to the southern border, and it, it's insulting to you and me, and you know it is as well. Nothing was accomplished. Nothing was done. It didn't help his image. People are seethingly angry at this president for it, and this president, is he didn't go to uh, uh, the southern border in any way, shape, or form to propose any uh, new uh, meaningful uh, southern border and immigration policy. It was just meant to rub your nose in the mess that he's made and be cute about it. That's really what it was all about. And and you get it and I get it and everybody I hung out with at Caddyshack on uh, on Saturday, they know it's a joke. They know it's a it's a, an assault to the American people and their and their uh, integrity. And it's interesting cuz like Council Bluffs, a gigantic portion of the people in Council Bluffs are uh, immigrants from Mexico. And guess what? They feel the same way about the southern border. But uh, at the football game, there was a football game and, and football games across the country uh, over the weekend. Suddenly, uh, a prayer on the field was not banned by liberals, by school boards, and was not made fun of, like with regard to Tim Tebow. Uh, football players across the country took a knee for a person who was injured during a football game one week ago. And here is a little uh, sound from the prayers that happened this weekend. Josh Dobbs, the quarterback, they have to shorten the football game. What you're seeing now is what Doug Peterson talked about, that we felt the whole NFL as a community came together this week, and he talked about this. Both teams coming together in prayer before this game starts. Yeah, you know what? And it's kind of funny, because this is the way America has always been. It didn't change it didn't change when Colin Kaepernick was taking a knee because most of America said he's, a, uh, he's an entitled little jerk. Most of America said there's nothing wrong with standing during the national anthem. Most of America gets goosebumps and even sheds a tear. Even black people, I know crazy, shed a tear when the national anthem is played. It's kind of funny that way, right? And most of America, when they see someone suffering, the first thing they do is offer a prayer. And there's never been anything wrong with it. A very small minority of, of uh, entitled, uh, godless status think that's bad. And after all we've been through, we were proven right once again. And there were prayers in mass by the millions. And uh, this weekend we found out that uh, that football player, who we've all gotten to know, is recovering. Not sure if DeMar will be able to make it back to the field, but I, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool. Did a little uh, uh, research this weekend. And, you know, you've heard the expression Potemkin Village. 
Uh, what it is is a uh, false uh, construct device to disguise a shortcoming or improve appearances. This frequently happens when dictators uh, have a big uh, military parade. You see this in North Korea. They, they'll they move the homeless people and the starving people out of the public square. It, it goes on in, in dictatorial regimes around the world, but it happened in El Paso this weekend. Potemkin Village uh, pretend to be something they're not. They're places of deception designed to hide or their true condition. They replicate re- reality in ways that are disturbing, enigmatic, and captivating. In many cases, it's difficult to separate the real from the copy and the status uh, of truth within these images is in constant flux. This is what our country has become. I told you that we were becoming a, an oligarchy, and, and this is another way we've done it. The dear leader who has made the uh, mistakes at the southern border and opened our southern border goes to do appearance before a slavish media, and uh, the, the uh, locals uh, decide to clean up the place to make, uh, make it seem like, for the dear leader, that everything is perfectly fine. Everything is perfectly fine. And if you want a uh, better example of a Potemkin village than this, you'd be hard-pressed to find it. Here is a little... Uh, a little piece of the reporting uh, on ABC this weekend. Of course, this area uh, was had a lot of police presence. We've been reporting in the past couple of weeks of police coming here. Uh, they've been arresting people for maybe paraphernalia. They had uh, access to to marijuana. Those types of arrests. We spoke. Oh, to- the dear leader is coming. We must hail his uh, approach, and we must clean the rubbish, uh, including the human rubbish, the human refuse from the streets. One woman. We asked her, "Have people been cleaning this area?" in preparation for President Biden's visit. One woman did tell us that, yes, the city, she has seen city officials or city employees out here cleaning the area in preparation to President Biden's visit. Now, literally, they they uh, they arrested people to get them off the street. So before Joe Biden was there, it was completely fine to shoot up. It was completely fine to be camped out on the street, to be uh, high on whatever, to have uh, drug paraphernalia and actual drugs. But when the dear leader arrives, they literally arrested people for that. That I mean, that to me is uh, is honestly, it's it's breathtaking how we have fallen, how we have become the uh, third world. Uh, here is uh, the the DHS secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who literally created a uh, department of disinformation to shut down freedom, free speech, and cover up government malfeasance. Here he is uh, uh, talking about the border and basically uh, insisting there has never been a crisis and everything's fine. Would you, secretary? qualify what is happening on the border right now as a crisis? You know, uh, we um, we have seen the situation at the border uh, managed in an orderly way. We have seen it in extraordinarily challenging circumstances as well. You can rest assured, Poppy, that we're doing everything that we possibly can to build a system that provides humanitarian relief. Okay. Now, Real quick. So three weeks ago, there were thousands of people lined up on the other side of the river from El Paso, crossed there, standing there to uh, overrun the border crossing into the city of El Paso. The dear leader announced that he's going to come. Suddenly, uh, Humvees, Razor Ribbon, the whole deal is strung up there, and the government does its job and stops it, all right? Literally, it was stopped in El Paso for the visitation of the dear leader. Why hasn't that happened to the entire border? Well, it's because this jackweed is in charge. In a safe and orderly way, 
while trying to persuade Congress to fix what is a broken system. Now, you broke the system. Uh, Donald Trump had fixed the system. You broke the system because that was your intention to do it. You were carrying out marching orders of the left. Here's a CNN anchor uh, actually calling out the uh, secretary of the DHS. She says that she thought that her daughter was going to die overnight because it was so cold. They had just crossed the river. This is a CNN reporter on the scene. They're using it as an example to show the uh, the DHS secretary, Mayorkas. They were wet, desperate. Mato says she started knocking on doors, asking for help. She says that she prayed to God that she hugged her daughter as tight as she could and tried to warm her with her own body heat as much as she could to try to save her daughter's life. So Mr. Secretary Rosa is still with us and Rosa, I want you to have a chance to ask uh, the secretary a question since you're the one who's there. Yeah, here's the reporter on scene talking to the uh, secretary. Yeah, and thank you so much, Mr. Secretary, for your time. I really want to focus on the human impact. Notice she didn't say time and effort. Because I'm the one who interviews these people face to face. And I can tell you that I've interviewed women in Mexico who really just wanted to seek asylum in the United States, but they were expelled under Title 42 back to Mexico. And once there, after that, they were kidnapped, they were raped. And these are not isolated cases. As you know, there are many cases, thousands of cases of violent acts against uh, migrants who've been expelled under Title 42 since President Biden took Oh, no, and even worse if they made it across. Office. So my question to you is, what is the U.S. government doing to prevent such violent acts on individuals who are simply just trying to come to the United States and seek asylum? Rosa, it is precisely what I shared with Poppy and that you and I have discussed uh, previously. It's precisely why we are trying to build the safe and orderly pathways to the United States. Okay, well, you've done none of that, by the way. There's no safe way. There's no orderly way. There is actually, and it's called going through a port of entry and doing it properly. But uh, this man has, uh, you know, completely uh, bastardized the border. And uh, and it, what they're trying to do is blame Title 42 for people being sold into sex trafficking when the opposite is true. Coyotes are paid thousands of dollars to bring people across the border. And those people pay the money or at least uh, are escorted across the border by the cartels. And the girls are sold into sex slavery and the boys become drug mules. There's that. You say, uh, listen, we got some calls coming up. Marianne, you hold on. You'll be up next. Claude, you as well. Your calls on the uh, southern border and more audio on the way. This is the Rob Carson Show. The left has been waging a war on America for decades. That's not right. It's not fair. And we're quite simply not going to take it anymore. Honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's the Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden went to the border over the weekend, and it was meaningless. You know it was meaningless. America knows it's meaningless. They know it was a uh, half-hearted attempt to uh, save, presumably, his uh, his legacy and at least act like he's doing something. But nobody is fooled by it. Even Democrats aren't fooled by it. Not one, one little bit. This is from Jim Gossett. <laughs> and it's true. Down in the West Texas town of El Paso, Biden blew our southern border by plan. Clean up those homeless people. The dear leader's coming. Joe won't go down there and deal with the crisis, cause he's a dunce and a senile old man. But he's gonna run in 2024. 
The border's exploding cause Biden's done nothing. Taking the week off hit in Delaware. Get a billionaire mansion. People are suffering as laws are broken. Joe won't address it cause he doesn't care. Even the mayor who's a Democrat, he's really hacked up at Joe. Won't lift a finger, he lets chaos linger. Six thousand a day cross the border, they go. They want to do thirty thousand a month. Trump's forty-two is about to expire. Knowing Joe, he will allow it to die. He wants illegals as Democrat voters. Elections don't count. Kiss your freedoms. Goodbye. All right, let's go to uh, Marianne in Philadelphia. Hello there, Marianne. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. How you doing today? Hi, Rob. Hi, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. And I just want to tell you, you're my peep. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're my peep. Yeah. Um, listen, I, I just had a thought. And I'd like to hear your your comment, okay? My, well, I felt this way for a while, anyway, when it started. And I thought to myself, they're not they're not trying to bring these people in here for jobs. They're doing it because they want to replace us, the United, the citizens. So this because we know what the Democrat Party has become. Yeah. These people coming in, they don't know what the Democrat Party has become, unfortunately. And they'll vote for them if these blue states allow them to do it. Yeah, Marianne, what you're talking about is something we've known about, and it is the modus operandi of the Democratic Party. There is no doubt about it, although they are calling it now white replacement theory. They're, they're saying that we are concerned with what the Democrats are doing, which is to upset the balance of power in the country, bring in a, 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 a permanent underclass to vote Democrat. That's what the plan has been forever. But only in the last year they started calling it white replacement theory so they could demonize it uh, and, and make the truth sound like it is not true. That's what they do. Um, but it's really actually worse than that, Marianne. It's it's beyond that. It's beyond just expecting people to come across the border, giving them benefits, the lowest uh, the lowest standard of living possible in the United States, uh, in in uh, uh, with with the, the expectation of voting for Democrat. It has moved into a wholesale destruction of the country as founded, an upsetting of the balance of power, and an upset an upsetting of the uh, social construct of the country. That's called clowered and pivoted his attempt to wreck the country so it's beyond just uh you know people voting for uh, democrats coming across the border it is about destroying the country that's what it's moved into marianne that's what i believe yeah. personally um yeah. but uh, but i don't know if you heard this over the weekend college secretary of state jenna griswold uh is, they're trying to do some damage control because apparently she says her office accidentally sent out mailers to thirty-one thousand foreign nationals asking them to register to vote last year. So uh, as to your point of getting illegals to vote for Democrats, yeah, that's still going on. Uh, it's still going on around the country. It's still going on in places like California where illegals are allowed to get a driver's license, which is, you know, the next step to uh, to being able to vote. Yeah, 
Maybe so, that's why the weather's so bad over there in California, you think? I don't know, but you know what? California should be pretty pretty happy because all of their reservoirs are filling up again, Marianne. Did you see that? No, but I kind of figured they would. You know, they shouldn't have a problem with water after this. You know? They'll figure out a, a, a way to blame it on climate change. Marianne, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the phone call. I think it's beyond just uh, getting millions of people to cross the border to vote for Democrats. Uh, that kind of went the wayside because so many people across the border are getting across the border and they're going, wow, the Democrats are in support of abortion until birth, and the Democrats are also into uh, changing children's gender in, in uh, second grade. And so they come across the border and they're like, what's going on? A lot of uh, of these uh, Hispanic individuals who become citizens uh, end up voting for Republicans. So now it's just, I believe, a wholesale assault on the southern border, opening up the country so that municipalities collapse, uh, uh, that uh, systems are overwhelmed, economies are overwhelmed, hospitals are overwhelmed, and the general chaos associated with that. That's called Cloward Piven. That's about uh, breaking down the social construct of the country and wrecking the country as founded. So, whatever. I don't want to get all... Uh, esoteric and everything on it but that's what's happening they don't care about the border joe biden didn't care about the border he's only trying to save his uh, preserve his legacy at this point on the way former trump aide rick gates is going to join us to talk about this and the new speaker of the house and where america wants the country to go they want it to stop going off a cliff he's coming up next Biden's been asleep for years. This has to be a wake-up call and shine a bright spotlight on anything like this behavior anywhere. It's the Rob Carson Show. Former Trump campaign aide and uh, an author of a book called uh, Wicked Game and also political pundit, somebody who uh, whose viewpoints I, I respect as a, uh, I guess, D.C. insider to some degree. Rick Gates joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Happy New Year to you, sir. How is the new year going for you? Great to be with you, Rod. Happy New Year to you. It's uh, it went off with uh, quite a bang uh, last week as we entered the new year without yeah. a Congress or a Speaker. <laughs> yeah, and you know it was it was funny because uh, so many in the mainstream media considered, including Ellie Mistal of MSNBC, who is a, a radical academic who's always wrong, uh, and and they talked about how uh, even Leslie Stahl on sixty Minutes said last week was an embarrassment of Republicans. Any time that the Democrats say something, the Republicans are doing is an embarrassment. Embarrassment. It should tell you that we're doing the right thing. Uh, I think last week was glorious, and I would like to see every vote for Speaker of the House have to be like last week in the open. Your overall perception of the, the Monday's edition of what happened versus Friday, Kevin McCarthy officially being sworn in. Uh, what do you think of that entire process? Look, I think it was democracy in action, and I think that while the Democrats are, of course, going to try to score political points and say it was embarrassing, I think, you know, privately Democrats were very interested to see this process that hasn't happened in over 100 years actually unfold in front of us. Yeah. I I don't know about you, but I got to talk to my kids about it. Yeah. They had no idea how the system worked. Why do you vote for a speaker before you even swear in the members? All kinds of constitutional questions that I think was fascinating to learn about. I don't think it hurt the Republicans at all. No. I think, if anything, it showed, one, a lot of the flaws in the process, but also that we do have a process, and it's not an heir apparent that's always elected, but that we actually can, you have to fight sometimes. And that's exactly what happened. Last yeah, week. I think we can thank Mitch McConnell for what happened last week. 
I really do. Because for so many years, we have, uh, for instance, in 2020, uh, people were angry. People wanted the country, the direction of the country changed. And uh, and they sent representatives to uh, the Capitol Hill, as they always do. And those representatives got to Capitol Hill, and they voted for leadership, which has always been there, and uh, essentially voted to maintain the status quo. What happened with Mitch McConnell uh, uh, two weeks ago is he was basically the face of this omnibus bill that did not need to pass. But for some inane reason, uh, Republicans felt like during a lame duck Congress, they should bend over and take it for the Democrat Party and pass this omnibus spending bill. That has Mitch McConnell's name all over it. And when people were looking at the House, they saw, well, you know what? We can let this happen again. Or we can say, hold on, we're either going to get another speaker other than the one who they want to anoint. Or we're going to say, if you're going to be the speaker, you're going to listen to the people who just sent us here. And, and that's so, great, yeah, I think that's it's exactly great. the great thing that happened last week, Rob, is that you saw a number of members not fighting for personal position as some of the Democrats in the media try to uh, persuade the Americans, but they were actually fighting for real issues. I mean, look at some of the things now. Now a speaker can be held more accountable. Yeah. Now we're going to have fiscal responsibility tied to any debt ceiling. I mean, all of these things are important for the American people as we move forward and, and look at a year where there are a lot of things broken in our country that we need to fix. This will help pave the way to do that, whether it's in a Republican or Democratic uh, Congress. Now, you know, the Democrats could change the rules, but the Republicans have set it up in a position that it's more transparent. There's more accountability, most importantly. And yes, they may not get everything through like they think, but that's because there's going to be more dialogue, more debate. Remember, you know, Chip Roy said there had not been an amendment brought to the floor for debate in over six years. That is not how government works. That's not how our founders intended it to work. So I think this is going to be a good thing in the end. It's going to encourage people to be more engaged and more involved. I think it, it actually is, uh, to me, it was refreshing. To me, it was knowing that Kevin McCarthy is going to be held accountable and they're going to do the things that we have to have Congress do. Right, we we have to see an investigation into the malfeasance of the DHS, IRS, HHS, all of these organizations that colluded. We need a thorough investigation of January the sixth, and why we haven't been able to see the video, and why we haven't been able to find out why people are being jailed for two years without trial. It's about time. And and if we just allowed a rubber stamping of Kevin McCarthy, it would be more the same old, same old uh, people moving to Washington D.C. telling us how to live our Ours, our, or to spend their entire lives telling us how to live ours, uh, and essentially, you know, what I've said about Congress is, Congress is when you become a Congress member, you're essentially a board member on a five trillion dollar company, and you can decide where that money goes, and most of that money goes to uh, the, your uh, supporters, uh, to uh, different uh, uh, political groups to support you, different uh, different uh, uh, industries to support you, and and last week I think to some degree we kind of ended. Some of that. It still happened on the Democrat side. The Democrats, are they just rubber stamped Keem Jeffries. I would venture to say most Democrats in middle America, say for instance, aren't down with defunding the police or aren't down with abortion up to the time of birth, right? Exactly. So yep. at, least, at least Republicans are listening to their constituents when it comes to electing leadership in the House of Representatives. Well, remember, Rob, a lot of these candidates and, and that, that ultimately got elected ran on a platform of making sure that McCarthy was not the speaker. And that was a message that was sent much earlier on. Now, 
when the Republicans won the House and they all have to come together in order to elect a speaker. There were conditions and concessions made far more than McCarthy ever wanted. And he's going to have to swallow a lot of pain as well. But that's what makes it work. That is what holds everybody accountable to each other and brings forward a transparency that we even had in this process. And by the way, it wasn't as transparent as it could have been. Obviously, we didn't hear about all the backroom shenanigans going on. But at least the American people got to see oh, wait a minute, people are actually standing up. They're fighting for you know principles and issues that they believe in. And that was what was most important that, that occurred last week. We were talking to uh, Rick Gates. He worked with the uh, Trump campaign. He's a political pundit. Uh, and I, I've had the uh, honor of getting to know uh, Rick over the last year. I think we're kind of uh, uh, copacetic to some degree with regard to politics, but also I, I respect um, your, your opinions on a lot of things. Uh, Rick, let me ask you this. Uh, the headline, Democrats coalesce around Joe Biden in 2024, the campaign as re-election decision looms. Now, I'm, I, I, think it's, I think it's absurd. Uh, I, I am unfiltered. I'm not going to be told that I, what I can say about Joe Biden. I will tell you, I, I, I grew up, my mom used to invite um, relatives, uh, our older relatives, rather than send them to a nursing home, she would invite them to live their final years in our home. And it was, it was a, uh, I think it's what families do. We had, my uncle Virgil was always a big part of our life. We invited him to live with us until he passed. My, my, uh, my grandmother, uh, she came and lived with us, our Aunt Blanche. And, and I watched people who would develop dementia. And, and this is, uh, for some people, a part of life, this uh, inevitable decline. And it never gets better. But we're expected to believe that Joe Biden, in whatever mental state that he is in, and it's very clear, he is in a state of cognitive decline. And Democrats are acting like it, it, it doesn't exist or they think it's going to get better in 2024. What do you think about Joe Biden, who wasn't able to uh, campaign, who can barely utter a sentence, uh, what do you think about him uh, running in 2024, let alone being the president for four years? It, it would be uh, what well, I think it would go down in Guinness Book of World Records, first and foremost. But <laughs> you know, I think what's interesting is that you know Newsmax put up a poll today yeah. where the uh, number of people that could view somebody as president uh, over the age of 80 was like 1%. Yeah. And I think what Joe Biden is going to do, he's going to get you know the, the reaction that he got in a minuscule way times a thousand in 2024 and there are going to be a number of people that are going to be concerned including moderate democrats and other independents that don't think he can get the job done and it's not just about getting the job done it's also about doing a bad job which was you know the the referendum on in in the midterms is why republicans took over the house so i think I, I honestly don't think he's going to make it all the way, Rob. I think that he is either going to pull out for a health reason. Uh, there are a number of people circling the waters. I, I frankly think that he in part did this so that it uh, per- he was perceived as not a lame duck. Uh, now that the Republicans have taken the House, yes. this is an optical play by the Democrats yes. to show some. And not, by the way, not just in America, but also globally. Uh, Our position has been weakened substantially. And so I think that this is a a, a rallying cry to say, hey, Joe Biden's not done yet. Don't count him out. But at the end of the day, even those close to him around him know that he's not going to be able to physically, mentally or emotionally make it. Thank you very much for saying that. It's fairly obvious. Also, something I brought up last week, uh, uh, Joe Biden paid lip service to Border Patrol, which is, I mean, honestly, insulting. It's it's uh, I like to use the analogy. People used to some people used to think that uh, if your dog messed in the house, 
that if you rub their face in it, it would somehow make them learn not to go in the house. Uh, <laughs> Joe Biden does that to the American people. He makes these messes and rubs our face in it uh, and then acts like that we're bad. Uh, and, and that's what happened at the southern border. I think that the reason why Joe Biden did lip service and the why these uh, uh, authorities in uh, El Paso uh, did the uh, Potemkin village treatment on El, El Paso was to save his legacy, to salvage his legacy from being the worst president in U.S. history. I really do believe we're going to see a little bit of a cleanup on aisle 43 uh, in the last in the in the next year or so. And this is one of them. What do you think about this idiotic visit to the border, this meaningless visit to the border over the weekend by Joe Biden? There's no question it was a PR stunt. Obviously, with the announcement of re-election, it's no coincidence that then all of a sudden he decides to pivot and, and try to find a solution <laughs> yes, for yes. the for the disastrous immigration <laughs> policy. His policy, by the way. Yeah. And the optics of him going down where they cleaned the streets and made it look like there's no immigration whatsoever. Yes. It was just a, a, a kind of a slap in the face to the American people. I mean, yeah. after two years of professing there's no border problem. Then he decides to go down, and while he's down there, he basically says, yeah, my policies are going to work. But the true test, Rob, is going to be what he does moving forward. And let's watch and see if any of the policies that he outlined over the last couple of days and, and more to come are actually going to uh, stick. And I don't think they, he's going to be able to do it. He's created such no. a humanitarian catastrophe down there yeah. that it's going to be hard to overcome and reverse in, in less than two years now before the real I did see something but, interesting. But make, make, make no mistake. This was all about the real Oh, it's just, it is, uh, honestly. And, and Rick, one thing that I th- said this morning is that I'm really done engaging um, people who say th- things like there are 160 sexes. I'm really, I'm not going to have the debate with you anymore. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. If, if you support a Supreme Court justice who doesn't know what a woman is, I honestly, I'm not going to have a debate with you about what a woman is. I know what a woman is. This is all. This is nonsense. I'm not going to have, I don't have the time for you. I think the next few years, the next two years, we need to, A, work forward on an America first agenda, and B, we need to ridicule uh, those who would say such absurdities. They, they are not worth engaging in a debate over. They they need to be uh, held to account, and they need to embarrass. We, they need to be embarrassed. Um, what do you think about that, as far as all of the, you know, maybe changing your sex when you're in second grade, or sexualizing children, or whatever? Uh, how do you think we should engage those who would consider to uh, consider these things to be uh, top of the mind as far as culture and governance is concerned. Rob, there's about 30% of Americans that are going to support far right issues, 30% they're going to support far left. And then you've got everybody else in between. Those are the people that you could potentially talk to about a range of various issues, including this one. I think there are a number of people in America that want to learn. They want to uh, keep an open mind about things. But the mainstream media and the far left and others are just jamming things down people's throats to the extent that they can't even begin to think uh, what may be a better policy position or not. And this is exactly the reaction that you're seeing. Remember, look, in, in, in right now today, we are seeing a huge pendulum swing the other way away from wokeism. Yes. You're starting to see a visceral reaction, not just by Republicans or far right, but by yeah. moderates and Democrats 
that are saying enough is enough. When yeah. you start seeing kids' test scores in education go down on a national basis and that impacts their ability to get into college, parents care. It doesn't matter about party affiliation. People put politics aside and want to make sure that their kids are taken care of, protected, and educated. And that is what's missing and why you're going to see states like Florida and Ron DeSantis doing well and states like California and others, New York, that aren't doing well. And that's going to that trend's going to continue until you start seeing at a state level and even more so at a local level, the turning back of these kind of wokest policies that are, are harming our kids and our country. Absolutely. Uh, what final thought? Uh, uh, optimism, pessimism for 2023. What, what do you think about this year coming? I got, I'm an optimist by nature, Rob. Yeah, I got at least at the beginning of the year feel like we're 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 going to take a turn for the better, and that uh, you know, look, we're a, we're a great country, yes, and I think we need to focus on a lot of why that greatness um, has been diminished over the last couple of years, and yeah. how we can get that back and move forward. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to be an optimist. Hopefully, you are too. Oh, of course and, I am. One hundred percent. Oh, I'm one hundred percent optimistic. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I just think uh, uh, I. I think we we finally are going to see some change away from it. You are exactly right. Waking up from woke. Uh, we got to go, my friend, Rick Gates. Take care of yourself. We can find you on uh, social media, on Twitter and Facebook at Rick Gates, right? Yep, Rick W. Gates. All right, brother. Have a glorious Rob, day. We'll talk. Good to be with you. All right, let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. Bulldoze the swamp, pave it over, and start again. It's the Rob Carson Show. Thank you, uh, Rick Gates, for joining us on the show today. Always good to have uh, Rick check in. Uh, new book, The Final Battle, David Horowitz reveals a secret war underway in America. I'm sure you're already familiar with it if you haven't read about it or done some research. At least you feel it in your bones and you can, you can tell by the nonsense that it's real. Democrats, woke culture, new generation are destroying our culture, ending our freedoms. Horowitz says their plan is uh, taking place in our schools, our churches, our military. We know this. Uh, this week you should check out Chris Salcedo's shows on uh, his show on Newsmax as he talks to uh, David Horowitz and reveals the threat of Biden, Obama, big media, and more. And you can get a copy of his new book for free. How does that sound? It is called The Final Battle. Newsmax calls it the best book of 2023. It is in bookstores everywhere, or you can get a free offer and save $28. Just go online to this website. Write this down if you want a copy of this book. It's a very good book. Uh, Final Battle 611. Dot com final battle 611.com to get your free copy and uh, check out newsmax today if you would you'll get the free newsletter and everything it's awesome you'll like it it's a it's a, uh, a network that the uh, the uh, the journalists and the uh, the hosts don't change their stripes Sean Henry anyway this is kind of interesting. A commanding 65% of Republicans still want to see their lawmakers exhibit loyalty to Donald Trump. That's because they are all a bunch of slavish Trump worshipers. No, no, they just uh, they like the fact that Donald Trump did what he said he was going to do when he got into office. He did things like uh, declare that uh, we would recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and uh, get rid of uh, Roe v. Wade, which all the other posers have done for 50 years, but Donald Trump actually did it. So, you know, there's that. So uh, Donald Trump, 8 and 10 say they prefer a candidate who, uh, who back the ex-president election fraud claims. What? 8 in 10 said they prefer a candidate who uh, says that, uh, you know, believes what Donald Trump does with regard to the 2020 election. How is that possible? That was, uh, they're deniers. 80% of Republicans are deniers. It's a mass ma- mania. Or maybe there's something real to it that needs to be investigated. 
and uh, and the FBI and the DHS and all the government agencies literally colluded with big social media and the mainstream media to shut down any discussion about election impropriety, which makes people go, huh, maybe there was some election impropriety. That's kind of crazy, right? So it's crazy even though that Donald Trump is now in the rearview mirror of the party and people like James Carville who've been wrong about everything and Joe Scarborough who is a... Uh, complete and utter sellout. I mean, my God, he's a, a complete, like S.E. Cup. I mean, wow. What the hell kind of Kool-Aid did they give you? But anyway, 65% of Republicans think loyalty to Trump is very important. Eight in ten want a candidate who backs Trump's 2020 election fraud claims. And this poll is probably an underestimate. You know why? Because it was done by CBS. <laughs> so despite the raid on Mar-a-Lago, which, I mean, who's talking about the raid on Mar-a-Lago? Nuclear secrets, Joe Scarborough, all of that stuff. Despite the fact that they're trying to leave uh, Donald Trump in the history, in history, that he lost the midterms. It didn't happen. It was, it was Mitch McConnell. But it, all of that. And how is it that the Republican Party, the people in, Washington, or in, in the United States, 65% want to see them uh, express some sort of loyalty, which means policy loyalty, loyalty to Donald Trump, and eight in ten would like to see a candidate who says that 2020 wasn't necessarily all on the up and up. How's it possible? Isn't it amazing how the truth finally gets through? Uh, let's take a break. You are listening to the Rob Carson Show. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders. With ShipStation, they make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. I was born in Omaha, and I grew up in a small town outside of out of Omaha, Nebraska, called Neola, Iowa. And I got to go back to uh, Council Bluffs and uh, hang out with my nephew and his family and my other family members. And uh, and I'm gonna tell you, if you ever need a fast, if you ever need a, a deep fried like tour of America, go to uh, the Midwest. Go to uh, like uh, we went to this place. It was a little hole in the wall, and uh, it, it's called uh, the Caddy Shack, and it's an old house that they made into a bar, and and there's comfortable chairs, and it's it's a hole in the wall. I mean, it, they're literally, it has a pay phone still. It has a pay phone. I know, I know. I put it on social media. I wanted to remind millennials, hey, this was how people used to call. Uh, and you put some money. I, I wanted to see my daughter try to use it, just to try and put money in it and try and get it. But anyway, that said, uh, uh, fried food. I had uh, uh, some glorious fry, fly, fried food. One of the things the Midwest is known for is uh, frying stuff like deep fried pickles. Uh, deep fried pickles, you can't usually find out east, but they're a gift from God. Uh, I also had, what else I had? A deep fried cheese curds, deep fried onion chips, and deep fried cauliflower. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I lost about 50 pounds last year. 
So I thought I'd cheat a little bit this weekend. But, uh, you know, got a chance to kind of reconnect with... Um, with people, with the working class, with people who uh, who are suffering through this uh, uh, malaise of uh, Joe Biden's presidency, and uh, even even Democrats are not happy with the direction of the country. And I and I saw that. And I want to I want to harken back to this uh, poll last week, uh, a CBS poll that says eighty one percent of Republicans surveyed say they prefer candidates who have similar policies and proposals to Trump. Now, you remember what happened last week with Kevin McCarthy? That's because uh, those 81% said, Kevin McCarthy, do what Donald Trump did. And it's not about Donald Trump. It's not about a slavish devotion to Donald Trump. It's about what Donald Trump did and what he was prevented from doing because the FBI colluded with big social media to throw the 2020 election. Uh, I couldn't say that last year because that was uh, verboten. The, the people at the government and big social media decided there was a list of about 100 things I suddenly couldn't have an opinion on. One of them was the 2020 election. Uh, one of them was uh, the origins of COVID. One of them was CRT. One of them was transgenderism of children in schools. One of them was, uh, you know, uh, uh, Black Lives Matter being a fraud, a fraudulent organization. Have you noticed that Black Lives Matter is no longer a big deal? Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that Black Lives Matter is no longer being painted on the streets in front of, uh, you know, Trump Hotel in Washington, D.C.? Have you noticed that Black Lives Matter, that all these uh, these uh, posers in uh, uh, are not driving around with their uh, Black Lives Matter sticker on their Priuses anymore? Have you noticed that? Anybody noticed that? Or we have just decided to make like uh, Black Lives Matter the scam that it was, just kind of let it disappear into history rather than acknowledge all the morons who got behind it. Because they thought they were being not racist. Because America's so racist. No, not really. 65% of respondents, uh, Republicans in CBS, say loyalty to Trump is either very or somewhat important. 14% say it wasn't that important at all. 21% it was not important to them at all. What it's basically saying, what this poll is saying is that the American people, uh, Republicans particularly, of course Republicans, uh, they want a continuation of Trump's policies, the direction of the country that President Trump was taking the country in. That's fairly self-explanatory. And to, and this is another reason why Donald Trump has a big target on him. That's a, this, is the, this is why they continue to uh, go after him. This is why they continue to attack him. He hasn't been the president for two years. Why is he still the center of attention? Why did Joe Biden come up with an entire class of people and call them mega fascists? Because they're terrified of him. Why are they, uh, are they against what happened last week in Congress? Why are Democrats, why are people like Leslie Stahl on 60 Minutes, why are people like Gilly Mastall on MSNBC and Joy Reid on MSNBC saying that last week was an embarrassment to the Republican Party? Because they're afraid it's going to happen to the Democrat Party. Yeah. That's it. They know that there are probably, I would venture to say, okay, you look at uh, 65% of Republicans think loyalty to Trump or his ideals are very important. I would venture to say that 65% of Democrats, run-of-the-mill Democrats, fly-over-country Democrats, disagree with most of the Democrat agenda right now with regard to uh, uh, massive... uh, Spending that has caused inflation, uh, abortion until the time of birth, uh, transgenderism. I, I would believe. I would have to. I hope 
that a good share of Democrats in flyover country, common, well, if there is such a thing as a common sense Democrat, they say, you know, if a three-year-old boy wants to wear a dress, it doesn't mean that you have to uh, cut his penis off before he goes through puberty. So, you know, uh, this is, um, I think that this poll is kind of a, a, a bellwether of, of uh, how followers of the two different parties feel about the direction of the country, and one party has a response to it and is listening to the people, and the other party says, no, no, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. Going to keep doing what we're doing. America is heading for a rich session. A rich session. What does that mean? Now, this is uh, pretty interesting. Last summer, I had the opportunity to uh, drive for my vacations. First vacation I've had about 10 years. And uh, my family and I decided to drive from Kansas City to uh, uh, Panama City, Florida, which is Walmart uh, and Branson meets the beach. That's what it is. And it's glorious and wonderful. I, I had a blast. It was really, really fun. And, uh, and we drove, and, and we had, because of road construction, things like that, we had to take the back roads. And so we had to drive through towns like Laverne, Mississippi, which is wonderful, by the way. It's a beautiful little town. And, and we had to drive through towns where the only store to provide groceries for people is the Dollar General. And I got to see how things are impacting America. I saw homes that looked uninhabitable, and then a broken-down car drive up, pull in, and uh, people get out with Dollar General bags to go inside. And people live there. I'm like, wow. It doesn't surprise me because I grew up seeing poor, you know, poverty like that, like that. So I saw a lot of that. And, and uh, the, the lower middle class, the middle class, the poor have been tortured by 40-year high inflation to the tune that people are literally downloading apps to find out where groceries are about to go bad so they can go to stores that have the sticker, the, you know, the bread that's starting to get hard on the ends and the meat that's about ready to spoil. That's, that's what they're filling their freezers with because, you know, they're suffering. They're suffering. Current economic slowdown in the U.S. seems to be pointing toward the opposite trend, a white-collar recession. The economy is flashing signs that 2023 could be a difficult year for high earners with cushy office jobs. This is interesting. And I don't wish it's on anybody. I don't care what job you have. Some people are going to be white collar. Some people are going to be blue collar. Some people are going to make $200,000. Some people are going to make $50,000. It's just the way it is. It's not, it's not you're keeping anybody down. It's just it, it's what the market will bear, right? Companies like Meta, Amazon, Twitter, where the median worker, listen to this, the median worker Meta, Amazon, and Twitter, $232,000. What? (laughs) What? All of those are cutting jobs by the thousands in recent months. Blue-collar workers are now in high demand, have seen their wages actually rise. In November, uh, wages for the bottom quarter of earners were up 7.0% from a year ago, outpacing inflation, while wages for the top quarter rose 4.8%. In November, job openings in the U.S. declined to 10 million, which represents 1.74 jobs for every unemployed person in the country. Manufacturing jobs increased, apparently. So there you go. If you, uh, if you work at Walmart or, or The Gap or whatever, you know, you are in demand. If you are, uh, you know, somebody who worked at, uh, at Twitter and made $250,000 to do nothing, uh, you know, not so much. 
This got me thinking about, uh, uh, you know, how uh, in demand some things are. And, and I, you know, I went to college. I found that a good share of my college I didn't need to do. Um, you know, I'm a broadcaster. I needed life experience and, uh, and an interesting story and common sense to, uh, to do what I do for a living. Anybody can, t- can learn how to push buttons and whatnot. But, um, but uh, you know, if, 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 I would like to see schools, and the Carrie Lake actually supported this when she was running for governor in, uh, in Arizona, and I believe she won the race, by the way. I think she's being cheated out of it. And there's more details on that coming up. But she recommended after your sophomore year in high school, you be offered the possibility of learning a trade. That makes sense. Because right now, if you're a welder, all right, let me say you're a welder. Right. Now, you can weld some things. Maybe you work uh, at the Ford plant and you weld uh, unibody parts together. Or maybe you, uh, you do custom uh, gate work and things like that for clients, for, uh, and you get commissioned to do things like that. Now, you're normally people are thinking, oh, welder, you, you know, you're going to be uh, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and you know, all this and all that. Well, you know what? You can do some amazing things with a skill like welding, and you can have a wonderful, wonderful career doing that. It, it's really pretty remarkable and pretty awesome. So uh, that's one thing that I would uh, I would recommend, you know, uh, is that you know focus on a a skill, and I think you can write your own ticket. You may not be in a corner office at Twitter. Uh, you may be uh, you know uh, welding things for uh, the higher ups at Twitter and making a ton of money with your incredible skill. It's uh, pretty remarkable. It's pretty remarkable. Oh, one more thing for this break. I do want to give this audio. This is Carrie Lake over the weekend talking to uh, Maria Bartiromo. What's what's going on uh, with regard to her race in uh, Arizona? And and let me let me just say that by not talking about it every day doesn't mean that I in any way, shape, or form think that Katie Hobbs won the election in Arizona. All right, I just want to tell you that it was a complete fraud. Everybody knows it was a complete fraud, and the investigation is ongoing. It's lawsuit. We are suing, and we uh, we are the first court case to even have evidence um, put forth in an election case. Um, really, a lot of people said in 2020 they never put any evidence forward. There's a lot of evidence, and we saw it play out on uh, the election day in Arizona when 60% of the voting locations stopped working as soon as the polls opened on election day, knowing that 75% of the people voting on election day were voting for Carrie Lake, yep. they sabotaged election day yep. by printing the wrong images on the ballots, jamming up the machines. The machines didn't work at at least 60% of the polling locations, and that caused lines of two and three and four. Only county in America. Go ahead and tell me that's completely fine. Four hours, people couldn't vote. They got to the front of the line. The machines were jamming, mm. and people were disenfranchised. And so we're fighting this, and we've got excellent evidence, and we're taking it to the appellate court now. We will take it to the Arizona Supreme Court, and we will take it to the United States Supreme Court if we need to. But we will okay. not allow our elections to be stolen. There you go. All right, let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. What you do in your bedroom is your business. What you do to our country is ours. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. 2023 right ahead. What shall uh, 2023 be? I think 2023 will be the year we return to common sense, the year maybe that, uh, that woke went to die. That's what I, that's what I kind of think. I kind of got that feeling. Um, we've had uh, a lot of our, 
um, expectations uh, shot down, and uh, but but the the feeling that the country has been going in the wrong direction is still there, and the desire to turn it around is is still there, and uh, and I think last week was kind of a big moment because voters basically told the Republican Party. Um, enough of the same old, same old. It's time to turn the country around and start returning to our uh, our uh, patriotic uh, principles and our foundational principles. Hey, you know, it's just my hope. It's my hope. Nothing wrong with a little bit of hope. Uh, something that happened over the weekend, um, and last Monday began a, I guess, a continuation of the debate about uh, the vaccine and the incidence of mitocarditis in young people. Uh, We know that, and this is without dispute, since the uh, vaccine was uh, mandated in many cases, that a lot of of athletes and young people are collapsing. Uh, A lot of uh, uh, athletes and young people are collapsing and dying because of it. As far as what happened uh, last Monday night uh, with DeMar Hamill, uh, jury is still out on it. But over the weekend, um, a few things happened that, uh, you know, require that we investigate it. And until now, we've not been able to have an opinion on it. I mean, literally, we, we've had dozens of young athletes collapse around the world, around the country, under mysterious circumstances. And it has been uh, growing exponentially just in the last year, particularly. And it can be attributed in many cases, to uh, a vaccine injury or mitocarditis. All of these things we have not been able to talk about because for some reason the government decided it was disinformation or misinformation. But we are finding that it actually happens. There's a uh, a Surgeon General in the state of Florida who was banned from Twitter for, for even suggesting and has, is back on and is being acknowledged as being right. All right? Uh, On Saturday night, young basketball player suddenly suffered a serious health scare while playing the sport he loves. Approximately 13-13 left in the half. The contest between Old Dominion and Georgia Georgia Southern, an Old Dominion sophomore player named Emo Essien, abruptly collapsed while playing defense. Essien appeared to be clutching his heart as he laid down, withering in pain. Oh, this happens to, uh, you know, 19-year-olds all over the place, right? No, not really. Mm-mm, no. Members of the Old Dominion men's basketball team watched in shock. Many held back their tears as their teammate, uh, Emo Essien, <clears throat> had been uh, tended to by a training staff from both ODU and Georgia Southern on Friday. Uh, Essien, a sophomore guard, appeared to become weak, then collapsed during play in the first half of the contest. Still waiting on what's going on there. Uh, let's see what else. 16-year-old girl collapsed and uh, suddenly died during a flag football game after suffering a medical emergency over this weekend. Excuse me. Over the weekend, a high school student collapsed and died during a flag football game. Ashara Hughes experienced a medical emergency Thursday in the middle of a game. The 16-year-old went to the sidelines to take a break after experiencing chest issues, according to a family member. And uh, this is uh, 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 this is a person who was responded a CPR. Uh, 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 somebody who knew CPR was there said today was the first time in my 26 years of nursing I had to do CPR on a kid. A defibrillator, was, a defibrillator was used to help Ashara regain a heartbeat, but the sophomore student never recovered. Still waiting on why this happened. Why did this happen? Nobody really knows. But there are a lot of people who are kind of wondering. And I will tell you, I've got two kids who got the vaccine. Am I concerned about it? Well, 
you kind of have to be when it's your kid, right? If I wasn't kind of concerned about it, wouldn't you be a little concerned about me at this point? I don't know. Here's here's something that happened over the weekend too in Canada. In Canada, there was a a reporter, and she's on television. She's a young young reporter. Her name is Jessica Robb. She's reporting on the scene for the Canadian news station CTV. Started slurring her words, going blank on words, and they had to cut away from this otherwise healthy person. Here's a little bit of the uh, of the exchange. Come just a week before the third anniversary. Well, people we spoke with say they were happy that something is being done, but this is something that they've been asking for since day one. So for them, this is about a thousand days too late. Now, Nairman, I'm looking at uh, after the, the, the day, families are pushing feds to, pushing the feds to, sorry, Nairman, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling very well right now, and I'm about just... Okay. Wow. All right, so there is a, uh, you know, 20-something, early 20-something uh, a reporter on the scene. They don't know exactly what happened. This person uh, bragged about getting her third shot of COVID vaccine after she got infected. So thank God she got that third booster to uh, prevent a virus that she got. A little bit more on this on the other side. Your calls are welcome at 800-922-6680. That's just the beginning, just this weekend. Robert Malone shares his thoughts. He was censored. Coming up, it's the Rob Carson Show. To all the Brandons out there, we salute you and say, let's go, Brandon. It's the Rob Carson Show. So a uh, 17-year-old Wyoming basketball player died after a freakish freakish medical situation over the weekend. Don't know. Don't know what happened exactly. 16-year-old girl collapsed and died suddenly during a flag football game over the uh, weekend in uh, Desert Oasis High School in, uh, in Vegas. Uh, so basketball player, 17-year-old, died, uh, chest pains, uh, et cetera. He had another one here. About three or four instances, young Canadian reporter uh, uh, passed out, uh, lost uh, the ability to communicate on uh, television live. Uh, this person uh, tweeted back in uh, in April that she was thankful she received her third shot of the COVID vaccine after after she got infected with COVID. I don't know about you, but if I got three flu shots and got the flu, wouldn't you be? Wouldn't you kind of want your money back? I'm just saying, wouldn't you kind of want your money back? Or maybe you were just played about uh, the COVID vaccine, vaccine altogether, and it would never prevent the uh, the virus from spreading. Maybe what there was that. I just, I, I'm just. When I think about what this government did to us in so many different ways during covid i i just hope that someday there are nuremberg style trials for it i said this at the beginning of it i said there will have to be nuremberg style trials for all of the malfeasance of the government with regard to restricting our freedoms causing us to go bankrupt destroying our children's childhoods uh and then forcing us to take a vaccine uh, if you got the vaccine uh, you, i don't blame you for getting the vaccine I think in many cases the vaccine is uh, very beneficial for people who have uh, comorbidities, you know, uh, particularly the uh, the older older people, because one of the things that is the most deadly in life when you get up in years is pneumonia. 
And uh, and I will tell you, I think if I had been up in years and maybe if I would have had uh, pre-existing conditions when I had COVID last year for two weeks and I lost my sense of taste and I stopped eating for about two weeks and I was sick as hell. And I've never experienced anything like it. I had this cough that was just, it was miserable. And, and I would literally... I knew that if I was going to cough, it was going to make me feel very sick, and so I breathed very shallowly. So I know it was different than anything I've had before. I don't deny that COVID existed. I do really, really resent our government and how they used COVID, and they used COVID to their advantage to enrich their friends in uh, big pharma uh, and to uh, control uh, an election. Uh, to impact an election. I think a lot of that was a part of it. Certainly, I said the reason why 2020 happened was because it was 2020. And now I know this in combination with the FBI and uh, and uh, all of the major deep state players in Washington, D.C., they collaborated to shut down speech. Anything that disagreed with the government narrative, which meant that they could control behavior, control thought, control votes. I can go on and on. All of this happened. All of this happened, and the government used it. They used it. And now we are asking the questions that we couldn't ask. We could not ask the questions. Here, I mentioned this earlier. Jim Jordan is going to be leading a select committee investigating the innumerable abuses of power by the Biden regime, uh, and it is the Weaponization of Government Select Committee. I think this is glorious. I will watch every second of this. Uh, They are chiefly going to focus on four areas, the collusion between the regime and big tech, the politicization of the FBI, the Department of Injustices, targeting of parents at school board meetings, and Anthony Fauci. The investigative panel will demand emails and correspondence between Biden administration and big tech companies. And we need to know about all of this. I had mentioned um, uh, one of the people who was shut down uh, by the federal government and taken off of big social media was a guy named Robert Malone. Uh, Dr. Robert Malone was uh, one of the people who originally created the uh, mRNA vaccines, and he was literally shut down uh, on social media and banned. Uh, Here he is speaking over the weekend with a group uh, and for a group of thousands of physicians who can finally speak about COVID and the vaccine. Thank you for taking the time to listen to myself and my colleagues today speaking to you from the heart about what we've observed and what we're recommending as the Global COVID Summit team of over 17,000 physicians and scientists from all over the world. We declare and the data confirm that the COVID-19 experimental genetic therapy injections must end. We must acknowledge that the genetic COVID-19 genetic injections cause far more harm than good and provide zero benefit relative to risk for the young and healthy. Now, if I would have posted this video right now, this video that I'm playing right now on YouTube last year, my account on YouTube would have been uh, shut down. I know this because I had it happen to me with regard to a, a video questioning vaccine efficacy by Robert Kennedy Jr. last year. Gone. Facebook page or, or, or a YouTube page. Gone. 
I know that if I would have posted this video on Twitter last year, it would have been flagged and censored. I know that if I would have posted it on Facebook last year, and probably if I posted it today, it would be uh, checked. There would be a uh, a check on it, a misinformation check to make sure that you uh, know that this could be misinformation, or it could have just uh, continued my restriction as far as reach is concerned on Facebook. Now I know that all three of those actions uh, that would have happened last year and in other instances did, they were all directed by our federal government. They were. They were not unilateral decisions. They were not organic decisions by Twitter and Facebook. They were orchestrated at the upper echelons of power. Here's a little bit more from Robert Malone. They do not reduce COVID-19 infection, which is treatable and not terminal. Furthermore, the most recent data demonstrates that you are more likely to become infected or have disease or even death if you've been vaccinated compared to the unvaccinated people. Now, that is 100% true. Uh, that has been proven scientifically. But last year, you couldn't say those things. Uh, in places like California, did you realize that physicians can, can still not say what he just did? Did you realize in the state of California, physicians cannot prescribe their own treatment for COVID. They cannot stray from the government uh, orthodoxy with regard to COVID, or they risk lawsuit and loss of license. What kind of government does that? Is it a government that is concerned about truth, or is it a government that is enriching its, uh, its cronies and shutting down discussion? I think I just answered the question. I think I just answered the question. Oh, um, this is kind of interesting. I haven't had a chance to talk about it today. You've seen this video of the uh, Texas restaurant customer caught on surveillance. Masked robber goes in. He's waving his gun around, doing what he does. And uh, and he's, uh, you know, pointing the gun at people. He's grabbing cell phones, grabbing cash, the whole deal. And he's, and he's acting with a degree of impunity that he shouldn't have had in the state of Texas. And ultimately, it cost him his life, by the way. I would have loved to have seen somebody come in to the bar that I was at Saturday, which is called the uh, the Caddy Shack in Council Bluffs, Iowa. I would have loved to have seen somebody walk in with a 9mm or whatever, waving around saying, put all your money in this basket here. Uh, he would have been, it would have been like the final scene in, uh, in Bonnie and Clyde for that guy. <laughs> It would have, man. It would have. Oh, my God. It would have been over so fast. But uh, I hope this serves as a warning to anybody who does this sort of stuff. Uh, you can you can still get away with this in New York City. You can still get away with, with this sort of behavior with your gun walking in and just robbing everybody in places like San Francisco. But uh, not such a good idea if you're in Houston. So this guy goes in, he's taking cash and all this stuff, and, and he's going table to table. And two customers tried to take under, cover underneath the table. And this guy's walking around here, and he literally walks around this other table, points a gun at this guy sitting at the table. This guy kind of shrugs a little bit. Then the thug turns the other direction, and the guy who just had the gun pointed at him whips out the gun, shoots the uh, beep, 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 a bunch of different times, and ultimately ends that guy's life. And, uh, and then after the guy killed the guy for, you know, attempting to murder everybody and rob them, uh, he actually took the money from the robber who was laying there, uh, gave it to the customers, and returned their cell phones. I just, I got to tell you, I, I love this. I think this is so glorious.
This should happen to uh, looters. You know, I know I shouldn't say that because I think a couple of years ago they, somebody decided I couldn't say that. But that's the way it really should be. If you, if you use a natural disaster to go in and loot, do like they did in Buffalo, New York. They did that in Buffalo. There were business owners up there, and some uh, jerkweeds decided that, oh, we got six feet of snow on the ground. Let's go out and steal televisions. And there's some business owners up there, and these are like, uh, uh, you know, not just whitey, all right? These are people who are going, uh, no matter what color they are, saying, oh, you're not going to steal stuff from my store. Houston police told KHOU that a customer who shot the robber is wanted for questioning, by the way. Although he hasn't been identified, is not charged. Now, if you saw the, the truck this guy was driving, he was driving this old beater Ford from like probably 1973, about rusted off of its frame. And he just, uh, you know, shot the guy, gave back the phones and the money, and uh, and walked right out, left the restaurant, and the police are uh, going to question him. Uh, if he does need a legal defense fund, I'm going to soak him to this guy's legal defense fund. Here are some, uh, some uh, uh, comments online about this guy who shot this uh, thug and ended this guy's life as, as it should have been. Uh, anyway, because here's, here's the deal. If somebody points a gun at you, and you have the ability to stop that person, are you going to, like Joe Biden says, shoot him in the leg? Or are you going to end the threat? If you're a police officer, you know the answer to that. You end the threat. You shoot until your chamber is empty. You shoot until that person is no longer a threat. That's what this guy did. Online. Uh, if they find the hero, they will treat him as a criminal, charge him. No concealed carry permit, probably fleeing the scene, on and on. Hope they don't find him. Another commenter said, this man is a hero. Uh, we need more like him, so there are a lot less soulless thieves that think they can bully other weaker people. Another one, when the medal ceremony, when is the medal ceremony for this gentleman? Again, me too. Another one, should buy this guy a new truck. He deserves it. And by the way, if this guy does is discovered and does have a GoFundMe and wants a new pickup, I want to help him buy his pickup truck. Hell yeah. Uh, another one. Maybe he feared for his life, another commenter reason. No way to tell if a robber's gun was real or the way he went into the establishment. Oh, I didn't mention. Apparently the gun was not real, which makes the guy who went into the bar with the gun waving it around or the, the restaurant with the gun waving it around to steal stuff makes him even more super stupid. Yeah. Uh, old man aired out. Uh, low-life criminal defended property in person and potentially saves lives. Kudos. Drop the charges when they find y'all. Uh, only if you want to pull him, put him on the payroll and give him a medal is the reason why you'd find him. And then uh, another one wanted for questioning. He didn't do anything. Well, I do hope they find him. I do hope we recognize him and we do thank him for what he did. And it's a tragedy that somebody had to die in such a fashion. It's, it sucks. But if you have the audacity and you resort to something like this, you get what you get. You get what you get. And I hope this, and I think this, serves as a bigger example than anything you could possibly serve up if you are considering uh, or if you're a young person considering, you know, something like this. Let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. I will take care of this. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. He got 81 million votes. Yeah. Right. It's the Rob Carson Show. Don't worry. So, guy goes into a uh, restaurant, have a dinner in uh, in Houston, and a uh, person comes in, starts waving a gun around, uh, threatening people, stealing their money, and a whole deal. And uh, when the uh, gentleman at the table gets the opportunity, uh, shoots the thief, shoots him. 
And uh, the thief turns out holding a gun that wasn't real. It was uh, apparently a, a fake gun, which makes his, uh, his death even more meaningless and stupid on his part. But uh, I had mentioned this because... Um, uh, there's been a good deal of uh, talk about this over the weekend. And oddly enough, there's no big outcry. There's no big uh, people saying, oh, it's racism. Well, there are a few people saying that. It really wasn't. And I think a lot of it has to do with people are just tired of this crap, to be quite honest. And I'm hoping this about weather for 2023 being the, uh, I think this could be a year we return to sanity to some degree, right? All of this nonsense. Uh, I really think it is. I think this is the year we go, wow, really? As far as uh, the last couple of years and all of the nonsense, uh, uh, no cash bail and and crime going through the ceiling and uh, uh, transgenderism in schools and all of this. I, I think this is the year we begin to turn with regard to uh, a return to common sense from nonsense. By the way, uh, New York City Police Department have uh, released its annual roundup of crime over the past year, and it's revealed that crime is up in virtually every category. Yeah. So, see, in, in New York, uh, where that didn't happen in Houston, like in Houston, that happened, the, the guy, you know, that wouldn't happen in New York. And, uh, and New York, consequently, is going to hell in a handbasket. The data shows that rapes, robberies, and assaults are way up uh, from last year since hitting highs not seen in decades, both in 2020 and 2021. And no longer can they blame um, COVID. Rape has skyrocketed in uh, skyrocketed in 2020 when streets were empty and unemployment rife due to unrest caused by coronavirus. It rose seven percent, seven percent this last year. Robberies through the ceiling in cities like Chicago, carjacking up 150 percent. Assaults and theft throughout the city show a similarly pro- pro- pronounced rise, with felony assaults up 12 percent. 26,000 incidents this year compared to 22,000 seen last year, and burglaries up 35 percent. Other crime categories, including grand larceny and motor vehicle theft, showed similar rises except for murder, despite the offset or the outset of the pandemic coming now nearly three years ago. Homeless people are dying in the doorways of storefronts in L.A. amid a nationwide surge in deaths among the homeless in the midst of cold weather and uh, in the, the big winter snap. In Reno, the number of homeless deaths doubled in 2022 from a year before. Seattle and King County saw the highest number of homeless deaths in two decades. These are people, by the way. Frequently, we just we don't think about them. We walk by them, we see losers hanging there, and they got needles hanging out of their arms. Uh, you know, no, these are desperately ill people. I would venture to say none of them really want to be there. Every day, many of them, I assume they're either out for their, well, they are out there to find another fix or just to not, uh, or just, they've given up. They've surrendered to it. And the only thing right now that's keeping them alive is the drugs that they want. That's their only reason for existing, and that's just sad. That's another thing we need to work on. Instead of just walking over homeless people, uh, you know, and, and, and casting aspersions at them, realize that they are people. They are people. It's something we got to do. Oh, and finally, before I, before I take a break, I have to comment about this. Uh, French government wanted a modernist rede- redesign of uh, Notre Dame Cathedral. It's also the, known as the Cathedral de Notre Dame. You know why I know that? Because I studied French in high school and college.
Rosalind Beshla Naka served as the Minister for Culture under Prime Minister Jean Castex and by extension President Emmanuel Macron. She's written a new book and said that uh, some of the people associated with Macron, including his wife, when they decided they wanted to redesign uh, uh, Notre Dame and build it, they wanted to literally, are you ready for this? They wanted to propose a new design where uh, it was topped with a uh, 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 an erect phallus and, um, and uh, the other thing associated with a phallus. There was a concerted effort to try to foist modernist aesthetics on Notre Dame as the restoration of the damaged exterior and destroyed spire was discussed in the wake of the 2019 fire. They wanted to uh, come up with a uh, a bold and uncompromising modern uh, redesign, and one of them included a very large penis on the top of the church. I wish I were kidding, but I'm not. I think we know what the left uh, worships. Anyway, uh, they decided against that, I guess, and they are committing to a more faithful restoration of the cathedral's exterior. Thought you should know. Let's take a break and come back and wrap things up. It's the Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show, guys. Have a glorious day. Check out the podcast if you'd like a complete list of all of the digital platforms. NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. Have a glorious day. Here's to a great 2023. Until tomorrow, do not catch the stupid. See you then.